0: Hey, good morning. How we doing? Let's stand together. Good morning to those that are joining us online. There's nothing like God's love for us, proven to us in the cross. Let's sing and worship to him this morning in honor to him and glory to him. is Just... in Christ alone. Shall come with trumpet sound. Oh may I then in him be found dressed in his right justness alone, is still before the throne. Come on, let's give him praise. So I was uh, around 21 years old when I first went to the ocean, uh, and I remember before I went, my dad said, he said, you need to know something when you go. Uh, the waves are strong, but he said, the rip current, you have to know about the rip current, because it's extremely strong, and you're going to get in there, and it's going to catch you off guard, and when you experience it, it's going to be completely different, and uh uh, and so I went down there and I got in and I remember going and, and thinking like, yeah, I don't know, I'm 20-something. So I think like my dad, okay, he knows stuff, but come on, like it's not that big of a deal. And I get into the into the waves and those are strong. And then I experienced the riptide. And, and until you experience the riptide and a strong rip current, you don't truly know. Like you don't truly know the power of the water. And I think I think that's something like what God's love is like. We hear about God's love a lot in our culture, in our Christian culture, and yet to experience God's love is a whole different experience. And I think that's what John was writing in 1 John uh, 4 when he says this. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. We have come to know and to believe the love God has for us. John doesn't just say like, I understand it. He says, I've come to believe it. I've come to rest my life upon it. I've come to see it not just as this idea, but as something that I live by because I understand it in my heart, because I've encountered it. Like the rushing waters around me or the waves or the rip current, like I've, I've touched it and he's touched me. And in verse 17, he says this, sorry, skip, skipping back, God is love and whoever abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. By this is love perfected with us so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment. I love that John goes here because he connects our idea to when we appear before God. And if we can picture ourselves there as unholy people before a holy God, we begin to understand that the picture that we see it's a God filled with wrath for the sin that we committed. And yet, the love of God looks down at us and he sees his perfect Son and the perfect life and death of his Son Jesus Christ in the cross. And, and, and he sees that, and he, it, it's there at the cross that we see the love of God. Do we see that this morning? Like, it's not just an understanding of the cross, it's the experience of the cross. That when we feel unwanted by people, God wants you. That when we feel unaffirmed by people, God affirms you. Because of the cross. Not because of any work that you did, but because of what Jesus did. He looks, and that's the gospel. So now when we read this scripture and he says that we may have confidence for the day of judgment, it's not a confidence going in before a holy God because of us. It's a confidence because he loved us enough to send his son and to put us in that place where he now sees the perfection of Christ. It's the gospel. God loves you and he proved it at the cross. He loves me and he proved it at the cross. And so in verse 18 he says, there's no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear. Again the most the most scary thing in this entire world is to appear before a holy God like we can be afraid of, of I don't a million things on this earth and yet the most fearful thing is to be before a holy God and be completely unholy, to not be clothed in his righteousness and to be under the wrath of God and yet under the perfect love of the gospel, under the perfect love of the cross God says, you're loved and there's no more fear. there's nothing else to fear because the greatest thing to fear has been cast out and so perfect love, casts out fear and it says this for fear has to do with punishment so john's confirming that idea and whoever fears has not been perfected in love we love because he first loved us we love him see the gospel is so rich it's our salvation and yet it's also a million other things it becomes our identity that we're rooted in that we stand in that that god loves us on account of Christ. Amen? That God loves us on account of what Christ has done. That in in Ephesians it says that that we've done nothing. It's not by our works, but it's by His what? Grace that He's poured out, by His love that He's poured out. And the next song that we're going to sing is the idea that we stand in His love. And it's not this idea, it's the standing in the gospel. That God loves you, approves of you, and has sealed you in Christ. Let's sing together.
1: when I stand in your love my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love Darkness tries to roll over my bones. Where sorrow comes to steal the joy I own. i
0: For the gospel, for his love for us.
2: Hey, you can be seated for a couple of minutes. Man, that is just an awesome song. So we've got a story, like, right out of that song, right out of the gospel, right? I mean, that's it, the power of the cross and God's love. So everybody say hi to David. Oh, I didn't turn you on. <sighs> Hello. There you go. Thanks. So this is just a great, great story. Um, and we just, I, I don't know. I, there's part of this. God's just doing things, moving in our church. And so this past week, there's just a cool story. So tell us what happened.
3: Uh, a little uh, background for the story. About eight years ago or so, um, I got a sports-related injury to my knee. Didn't know for sure what it was. I thought it was a cartilage issue or something, but uh, never went to the doctor. Just kind of worked around it and avoided certain things that would make my uh, knee hurt and just hoped and and prayed it would get better over time. Uh, It hadn't really. And then, uh, so a few weeks ago, I I went to the doctor. He's like, yeah, it's a cartilage issue. He sent me to the orthopedist. He's like, yeah, it's a cartilage issue. We need to get you an MRI and then probably surgery. So I'm like, okay, the, uh, the MRI got scheduled for last uh, Wednesday morning. And for unrelated reasons, I had a, a prayer meeting with a couple elders here at the church, uh, Brian and Greg, Tuesday evening. And we met for a few hours. And then at the end, uh, before we closed in prayer, Brian says, David, is there anything that you would like Jesus to do for you? I thought about it. I said a few like general uh, life things. And then I told him about the situation with my knee and how the MRI coming up and probably surgery, and he's like, so so, what do you want? Do you want a successful MRI? Uh, do you want healing, just the surgery to go well or what? And uh, I thought about it and I said, uh, I would like complete healing so I can just avoid all of that. Makes sense.
2: Yeah. Like, right? So. Healing or a good surgery? Which especially with,
3: with last week with, with Ken sharing that story, I'm like, I need I need to go all in on, on, on what <laughs> I'm asking for. and. Uh, so uh, Brian prays, Greg prays, and we pray. We just go around in a circle, and while, while they were praying, I felt like a, a tingling like from my knees to my feet in both legs, which I, given like what, what Ken was saying last week, I'm like, this might be something, but it also might be a, a circulation <laughs> issue. I've been sitting for a few hours. Um, but then after we get done praying, I t- somehow totally forget about the, uh, the healing aspect of the prayer. So we, we chit-chat and then go our separate ways, and then I'm pulling into my driveway at home, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I totally forgot to, to check on my knee. Um, so I, I go in the house, I go upstairs, and, uh, and uh, I'm like, okay, let, let, let's see what happened. And um, so I'm grabbing my dresser just to, for stability because if, if the, the certain angle of my knee with, with weight-bearing, it just gives out. So I grab my dresser, and I'm like, all right, here we go. So I go down, and I'm like, ah, that didn't really hurt. This, but the real test is will it hurt on the way up. So I think it's still steadying myself a little bit, putting as much weight as I can. I rise up, no pain. And I'm like, oh my goodness, my knee is better. So I'm just sitting (laughs) upstairs in my bedroom, just kind of bouncing up and down, (laughs) checking out all these different angles. And I'm like, this is incredible. Like my knee has been healed. I run downstairs. Uh, My my wife was sitting at her computer chair, and I'm like, Ashley, look at this. I I, I get down right, like right in front of her. She has no context for any of this, and I just go up like this, and she's just looking at me like I'm a weirdo. And then it, it just clicks. She's like. Did God heal your knee? And I'm like, yes. Like, they prayed about it at the end. So we're, we're both just, yeah. Yeah. Praise God.
2: So you got to tell the rest of this. This is so funny. So uh, he goes to the, or you well, call in the so MRI, So, like right? I
3: said, the MRI was scheduled for the next morning. And so like, it's an old cliche, God's timing, blah, blah, blah. It's exactly that. Like, 8.45 the next morning, I'm supposed to have this MRI. But my knee feels better. I don't need an MRI to, to tell me that. So I call him at, like, eight. And uh, I tell him I want to cancel my MRI. And the guy on the phone is like, do you want to cancel it or uh, reschedule it? And I said, I'd like to cancel it entirely. And he's like, okay, I'll take you off the schedule. And uh, (laughs) I was still pretty hyped up. So, uh, sir, I I feel obligated to tell you. um, I was at at church last night, and some some of the elders prayed over my knee. And I got home. My knee was better, 100% better. It's it's a miracle from God, something like that. And he says, okay, I'll take you off the schedule. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, oh, all right, <laughs> have a good day. I
2: love it. Isn't that awesome? Let's just praise God for that, man. You got it.
0: Yeah, he's a God that turns graves into gardens, right? Where there's no hope, he fills it. He floods it with hope. Let's stand together, uh, singing these words together. You turn graves into gardens. You turn bones into armies. You turn seasons into highways. You're the only one who can. Sing it again. You turn graves into gardens. You turn bones into armies. You turn seas into highways. You're the only one who can. Who can? you're the only one who can one more time you're the only one who can But it couldn't fill me And then empty praise Treasures that fade Are never enough Then you came along
1: And put me back together And every desire Still satisfied oh he love oh oh there's no- the God of the mountain He is the God
0: Dear pants for water, so my soul longs for you. Oh, there's nothing better than you, Lord. There's nothing better than you, Lord. There's nothing, nothing is better than you. Come on, let that gospel truth just soak over you. God approves of you. He's poured out his love upon you at the cross There's nothing better than his love We sing it one more time Oh there's nothing better than you Lord there's nothing Better than you Lord there's nothing No no Nothing is better than you Jesus just I uh, worship you and praise you that you see at the depth of my heart, Lord, I confess, I've searched this world for affirmation from people and I've searched the world for uh, things and delights and desires. And Lord, uh, nothing is like you. Nothing is like your love. Nothing is like your forgiveness. worship you, Christ, the forgiver of a multitude of sins. Lord, I I would just worship you and praise you, Lord, that you would look at us, those in Christ, and you, you approve of us, Lord, despite all our sins, despite all our failures, despite all of the shame that we drug our lives through, Lord. And yet you look at us and say, I approve of you. You dress us in the kingly robes of righteousness. You put on the ring of kindness and grace. You restore us to fortunes as your son and daughters. Lord, you've done this. You're the only one that can. You have done this. So we worship you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. We lift your name high, Jesus, and we pray it in your name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. There's a, there's a text that you can send to a, a number. Uh, just, we just want you to text welcome to the number 330-281-4833. Uh, it'll be up on the screen for you. Text that number we want to connect with you if you're new here you're very important to us um, we would just love to uh, to even just have a quick conversation on the phone uh, and make that connection with you so if you haven't done that take your phone out do that um, and uh, if you have been here for a long time don't text that number with a prank okay don't do that <coughs> or you could and Sean can bring it to our staff meeting for some fun on Tuesday <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <coughs> so the only other thing we want to do this morning, we want to highlight, uh, typically we'll highlight uh, either a church or a ministry that we support as a church here at Freshwater. And there's a church up in Cleveland called Faith Alliance that uh, is in the inner city and they have a really hard ministry. If any of you have visited up there or spent any time with them, uh, they're ministering to um, just a, it's a, it's a, it's a, a tough uh, area that they're in, but God is already doing amazing things and they just need four things prayed for right now. Number one, they had some flooding, so uh, just praying for restoration of the building as they deal with that. Uh, And then they're reopening on November 1st, and we've just gone through that as a church, so uh, we know some of the dynamics that go into that. Let's pray for them that God would bless that with peace and that things would be settled as they regather as a church. Uh, And then uh, they're putting out new signage, and and also uh, they're renovating uh, the outreach center. So we just want to cover them in prayer this morning, even as uh, as, uh, they are apart from us, they're our family. And so let's go before God in prayer to them or about them. Lord, Lord, I feel like I ask too small, way too often. Uh, and I feel like way too often, Lord, I, my prayers are, they don't match up to the power that you have and the miracle that you wanna do. And so I just pray for our brothers and sisters at faith that um, Lord, that we would see where there's graves up there only you know what those are, Lord. Would you bring gardens? Would it just be next year as we look and as we watch God, would we see an incredible move of your spirit in that place? Would you literally, in that city and on those blocks, would you just spring up flowers of your grace, people of your grace that would just spring up all throughout that community, Lord? Like fresh water in their area. Like joy and peace and all the fruit of your spirit through your people there, Lord. Would you do that? And Lord, they have physical needs. Lord, they've had flooding. We pray that you'd restore their building. Lord, they're doing work on an outreach center. Lord, would you use that? Would would it not just be a building, Lord? Would it
1: be a place and a center of ministry? spirit protect the spirit of unity in that
0: place lord you can do these things and lord there's even greater things that your spirit wants to lead us into for them lord whatever those are lord would you do them would you do them holy spirit do them we unite with you lord in desiring a move of who you are we pray this in your name jesus amen amen
2: thanks jake I realized I came up with the wrong prayer. <laughs> I've been standing up here like five minutes. I'm like, you ever had that, that idea that you came up at the wrong time? Never have that happen in life, so. Uh, hey, welcome to Freshwater. Uh, my name's uh, Scott, I'm, I'm one of the pastors here online. I'd like to welcome you if you're jumping in. Uh, we're gonna be starting a, a new series here over six weeks. I'm going to be talking about the mission of our church. And the DNA of our church And uh, as we're looking actually into the spring We're going into the Gospel of John So we'll be doing uh, the Gospel of John From January all the way through May May jump in and out Kind of like we do when we have guests come in But really looking forward to preaching through that I've never gone through the Gospel of John So excited about that But um, I want to ask a question It's it's something that um, I often reflect on Um, Why does... Why did, and why does water? why did Freshwater grow these last years? And, and why did fresh water even get started? What's the DNA that, that's been a part of our church all these years, and, and the people that have been part of, of seeing this ministry go forward? And I don't know if you've ever thought about that question. Um, maybe another one to, to wrestle with is, why did God draw you here? Or if you hadn't even thought about that, do you do you even think God drew you here? And if He did, then why? Why are you here? If you're here and I'm here because He drew us, then the logic is He drew us for a reason, and and hopefully as we go through these weeks ahead, that reason becomes clear. Uh, I want to pull you into kind of it's not even a really a secret anymore, but. Uh, I, I think the real reason um, why uh, we see even stories, like in the past month or two, we have seen God do some things that we're just like, why Why so much of this? Uh, when we're talking about healings, and there's another story that um, we can't wait to share with you guys, but he's doing things in people's lives, and it, it's it's healing, and it's not even just bodies, it's, it's uh, healing hearts, and it's healing in families, and And all kinds of things like that. And it's connected to the mission of our church. And the mission of our church is this. It it is to glorify God. It starts with that. I would imagine everybody's like, well, duh. Yeah, everything should start with that. Well, it does. and, And we're going to say it very clearly. We exist to glorify God by connecting to him, by connecting in to his family and connecting out to this world. And... I want to ask you something, To just this exercise as we go through these weeks, is to filter your life through this mission, and how are you doing with the mission? And, and, and you look at that statement and go, okay, yeah, that's, that's in the Bible, I get that, that's not a stretch, that's pretty sound, but when's the last time you've actually looked at your life and filtered it through a statement like this? One of the things that we do now at our elder meetings is we read our our mission statement, our vision statement, our values, our operating principles every time we get together because we want it to drive the direction of our church and our decisions. We evaluate our church according to this. So this idea of glorifying God, I just want to start there first. Uh, Exodus chapter 20 is this moment When God has gathered all of Israel, pulled them out of slavery, and he's rescued them, and he's taking a moment here to say, hey, look, if you're going to be my people, this is what I want you to do, and this is how I want you to live. And he says several things right there at the beginning. He says a lot of things, but he says several things that are famous that we would kind of know. It's the the Ten Commandments, right? And he starts off with with this. He says, look, I'm the Lord your God. I brought you out of the land of Egypt. I'm the one who set you free. And he says this, You shall have no other gods before me. One, you shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Two, you shall not bow down to them or serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. Three, you shall not take the name of your, the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him or her guiltless who takes his name in vain. And then fourth, remember the Sabbath day, keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day to the Lord your God. You won't do any work, no, any, nor anyone in your family context. Four things, and, and it's all oriented around God. And he says, look, you're my people, and this is what I want you to do. I want you to live for me. And you see these words in here, of, uh, it's exclusive, right? Th- these words that surround it, and some of them are in it, and some of them just describe this serving or a servitude, surrender, submission, obedience, love, worship, Adoration, rest in, towards. This is the essence of why Israel exists, and and it's repeated in the New Testament, not in these specific commandments, but these specific commandments are rephrased. You see, in Romans chapter 12, present yourselves to God as a living sacrifice, right? You have this call that Christ says, follow me, give your life to me. Over and over again, you hear these these themes. And the essence of it is to bring glory to God, to worship God. Our mission in life is to glorify God. So when your head hits the pillow tonight, a question you might want to ask God, did I glorify you today? Did, Did my life bring you glory or not? I don't think we necessarily think big picture all the time because we get into the middle of life and, and doing and living it out that we, we don't take a step back and go, wait a minute, am I really? is my life really glorifying God? Is fresh water as a body glorifying God? It's not complicated. Kids, y- you can get this. Jesus says, actually, the faith of the child is a standard for anybody who wants to get in the kingdom. So kids can for sure get this because they understand what it means to believe. Students, you're totally on the hook. Adults, beyond that, you're on the hook. This is rocket science. If our lives live for something else other than glorifying God, it's not going the right direction. It just won't. It isn't. And so, as a church, As someone who follows Christ for each of us, we exist to glorify God. And as we look at it and and understand just how God explained this to us, we see this happening in three different ways. And, And we use symbols. We see the arrow that goes up, and that's our connection to God. We glorify God by connecting in, the arrow into the family of God. And then we see the arrow that goes out to this world. With the mission of God. If you look at these three connection points, it's important to understand they're all relational. It's all relational. We do not exist to build buildings, we don't exist to meet inside a room, we don't exist to maintain a particular program or ministry we we don't exist to do anything that's just strategy about how to do whatever god calls us to do we don't exist for that stuff and we've learned that lesson this past year right i mean all of a sudden we realize wow wait a minute the church is is so much bigger than just meeting inside and then we're outside like if i were to come to you back in december last year and say guys i've got this idea we're not going to meet inside for like six or seven months in 2020. What would you guys have done? I mean, I would have offered my resignation after I gave that idea to you, and you would have said, thank you. We'll find somebody else who's not so crazy. Right? Like, that would have just been nuts. I mean, we sit there, and we go, oh, no, Scott, we wouldn't Yes, you would have. You would have said, you need to go. You're weird. Like, who does that? Let's meet outside, right, in the rain. (laughs) Let's stand up on a... Lift 30 feet in the air, hope it doesn't fall over. We exist to glorify God by connecting up to him, into his family, and out to this world with his mission. So let's talk about connecting up. Your connection up to God is everything. It is the first connection. It's the greatest connection. It is the highest priority or someone who follows Christ the church's highest priority is the connection to God it's everything and he makes it clear in the beginning it's a relational statement I am a jealous God that's a, that's a powerful statement that's an emotional statement that's a relational statement that's a cognitive it pulls it all in he's like look I want you and your heart I want relationship with you and I won't share you with anyone as a church, as someone who follows him. So follow the logic. We must conclude that paying attention to this connection to Christ is everything. And so what we start to do is we start to make a list of how do we connect with God. So it's read your Bible, go to church, maybe serve, get in a community group, get in the Bible study, Uh, you know, you can go all down the line of all the things that we can do and at the end of the day, you and I can do all these things and yet not connect with him. Isn't that interesting? You can do all of it and fake it. A church can do all that and fake it. Right? I mean, David says, look, you don't want all the religious stuff. If you did, I'd be doing it. What you want is my heart. You want my heart. That's what you want. Not all the religious stuff. Now, the religious stuff obviously helps us connect to God. But it is not something that in and of itself gives that connection. It's it's God. It's our connection with him. It's a relationship. How are you doing with your connection? How, How are you doing with your heart connecting with his? How's fresh water doing? I mean, I'm always answer, asking that question. How are we doing? Are we connecting with Him? You know, it's interesting, this past week, um, so we were praying, uh, with some, I was in a, just a small smaller group, and I was praying with some guys, and we were all just praying for each other, so it was my turn, and they said, hey, what do you want prayer for? And I'm like, well, my back's like, I mean, my back's not doing well, I want some, you know, if we could pray over that, that'd be great. And uh, so we prayed over it, and you know, I didn't, I didn't get healed, and I was, like, real bummed about that. But, I mean, here in Davis door, I'm like, here, here's the thing. Look, when we don't pray for somebody to get healed, nobody gets healed. But when we pray for people to get healed, some people get healed. So we're going to keep praying. So, so I didn't get that. But what happened in the middle of it was somebody, one of the guys just said, hey, look, I just keep getting this word peace and calm. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> Really? And uh, he said, it's like your mind is going like, it's, um, and I, there was a little piece of paper in front of me, and, and it was like some three-year-old, I don't know who did this, but it was like a three-year-old got a hold of it with a pencil and just grabbed it and went like this, and it was just crazy coloring. I said, my mind's like this, and he goes, yeah, and I said, yeah, that, that's me right now, I can't shut this thing off, and he goes, okay, so he just prays peace and calm. And uh, and it was crazy. Not only that night, but then the next day, it was just like, of course, and then life happens, and wee, I'm back up into whatever space that is. It's often, this is so interesting, it's often why so many of you fall asleep during the service. It's not that I'm that boring, which I could be, possibly, but it's actually some of you are for the first time all week long stopped. And the calm and the peace that is God himself brings you to rest. I'm not that boring. I'm not. (laughs) Nobody fell asleep outside. I, I will say that. Like, I don't know if you guys noticed that when we were gathering outside, nobody fell asleep. So there's something about the room, it's dark and it's wonderful, I don't know, I'll get off of that, I'll go get counseling for that later. Um, we, we glorify God by connecting up with him, we also glorify God by connecting in, right, into his church family. And, and this is relational as well, and, and I think it, it can't be any more evident how crucial this piece is over these last six to seven months. Our our connection in was all jumbled and and messed up. How are we going to connect? What are we going to do? And and what has been amazing, and I've just loved watching, is the church being the church over these last six to seven months. People calling each other, people caring for each other, people making sure, how are you doing, And, and how are you doing, and I haven't seen you, and what are you up to, and and then over time, we've been jumping back in, and of course, over the life of, of a believer, over the life of the church, there's, there's going to be these pieces of connection in different contexts. But I want to read to you something out of 1 Corinthians, because it's not just, a, oh, we connect and it's a civic group. There's something spiritual about this. And, and Paul writes, to the Corinthian church, he's like, look guys, you got to understand, what's going on in in, in this little group of people that follow Christ is something far more significant. And he calls this, like a group of believers getting together, a body, like a a human body, right? He uses that metaphor. And he says this, for just as the body is one and has many members, like fresh water is one with many members, individual members, Right? And all the members of the body, though are many, are one. So it's with Christ. So just as you have a body with all kinds of things like this, so it's like that in the church with Christ. For in one spirit we're all baptized into one body. Jews, Greeks, slaves, free, Wadsworthians, Medinians, Nortonians, I don't know what you call them, right? We're all like different people, pulled in together, made to drink of one spirit. Those who are at home, part of the body. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, well, that would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, that would not make it less any part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? As it is, God's arranged the members in the body, each one of them as as he chose. If we were all a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there's many parts, yet one body. The eye can't say to the hand, I have no need for you, nor, again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be the weaker are indispensable, and those parts of the body that we think are less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which... Our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, again, God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. See, what you may not know or haven't thought of in a while, and maybe you did when you, you came here, but maybe it's off your mind as God pulled you in here. God called me here. God called you here. He he arranged it, is what it says twice. He arranged it. He he put this body together for a reason. So you're here for a reason. Those of you who are online, you're part of this body for a reason. And I love that. When one part of the body rejoices, we rejoice, right? So David gets up here and he says, you got to hear this story. And what do we do? We're like, yeah, right? We rejoice with David. And then we got those who are, you know, are online that might want to come, but can't because they've got preconditions that it's too risky for them to come, right? So so we've got like Dave and Barb Sharp who would want to come, but they can't come. Shout out to Dave and Barb Sharp. Emily Smeltzer, Elizabeth, mom's home with her. She can't come, but they want to come, right? Because when they're suffering, we suffer. When they can't make it, our hearts ache, right? We're rejoicing in one hand, and, and we're also empathizing, and over here going, ah, oh, we miss you. And, and, and somewhere in between is, is us who are gathering and, and understanding, too, that, hey, you're part of the family, and you can do this at home. What a gift. How are you doing with your connection in the family? It doesn't happen at an intimate level, authentic level here in this room. It just doesn't. It happens in the context of smaller groups, our our community groups, our Bible studies. I mean, we have like 70 women involved in Bible studies throughout this week. Uh, We have our community groups, uh, I don't know, 200 plus, 230, 240, something like that people involved in community groups we have a shout out to the the leaders who are doing the discipleship the the children's uh thing on wednesday nights now the gems and the trail life all those all those men and women who are coming what are they doing they're part of the body of this gift and they're pulling these these students along our kids and saying hey look you got to follow christ and that started this past wednesday night that's the body that's the family Each of us gifted, called to be in fellowship, called to serve, called to be discipled, called to disciple. How's your connection? How are you doing with your connection? The, The final area I want to talk about is this idea of connecting out with his mission. Jesus says it multiple times. I mean, we just talked about it last week in Acts, right? Jesus, it's his final words, like the last thing he's going to say before he goes up into heaven. And the disciples say, hey, Jesus, what's going to happen? Tell us when the, when the kingdom's going to come. Tell me when the end is going to come. And, and Jesus is like, slow down there, Sparky. Like, that's above your pay grade. Only the Father knows, right? The Father has fixed that with his own authority. But let me tell you what you got coming to you. You're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria to the ends of the world. And then he's gone. And that's the final thing he leaves with this small band of followers. He said it over in Matthew chapter 28, right there at the very end. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything that I've commanded you, And, and lo, if you do King James Version, lo, which we say a lot, right? Lo, I am with you even to the end of the age. Over and over again, you see this call to go. Acts, that's what it is, connected to this world with God's mission sent by him wherever we live partnering with with those who are in our region partnering with those who are sent out into this world beyond our regions right and we're sent with a message we're sent he says go and be my witnesses to testify we're not sent to win the argument we're not sent to beat somebody. We're sent to testify. Think about that. I'm reading through the New Testament. I'm, I'm in the Gospels again, and I'm just reading through it, just trying to go through as much material as I can, as quick as I can, just to, I just, I don't know, I'm just, I'm doing it right now. Like, it's a thing. I haven't done it in a while. I'm I'm really enjoying it. But what's really interesting is how many times Jesus did not win the argument. How often Jesus just kind of said the truth or spoke into something, asked the right question, said that moment, that piece of truth that was appropriate for that person in that moment, but didn't control what they did. Invited people to follow him, saw people walk away. A lot didn't try to win. Didn't coerce? Didn't do the guilt trip thing? I wonder how many of us think about when we would go and and talk about Jesus, what trips us up the most is we think we've got to win and we somehow got to convert them, convert somebody. What if we did this? What if we completely threw that whole thing out? Because it's not in here. And what if we were able to just say, This is who Jesus is? Tell me who you are. And listen. Rather than win, we don't change somebody's heart. We can't. We we are in our fourth year of alpha. Uh, so we're in the middle of the this semester, right now, in our fourth year, we just had our weekend away, and I still, to this day, am amazed at what happens. Um, so, somebody normally it's it's a whole day on Saturday that people will give up who don't even follow Christ, aren't sure what they believe, they're seeking, but they'll give up an entire day where all it is is, is learning about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Seriously, they'll watch video after video. They'll they'll ask for prayer. They'll encounter. They'll encounter God, but they'll give up their whole day to do this. Some of them, I mean, a lot of them don't even follow Christ. Why? Because the whole deal with Alpha is something that is completely countercultural right now. It is, and it, it's countercultural, not only just what we've seen going on in our, in our country right here, but it's, it's going on all along. It is rare. Think about this. It is very rare for someone to actually ask you, how are you doing, and then just listen. How often has somebody actually pursued your heart and asked a deeper question and then asked a deeper question? How often have you asked somebody, what do you believe, and then just listen, and then ask, what made you believe that? what do you think contributed to that? Rather than giving answers, it's asking and listening, and that's what Alpha is. And you would be surprised how many times it takes weeks for someone to finally feel safe enough to really believe that they're going to be heard. Like we hear that story all the time. Somebody, I just heard the story recently, somebody just a fifth week, sixth week in, finally went there finally went there because they felt safe and everybody was shocked like but it's because they felt loved they didn't feel like somebody was trying to convert them they just felt like somebody was loving them yeah there's truth alpha has a great video it gives the truth of christ but it frees us up to just listen and we're really committed to that. Like, so you don't wake up the next morning and have to go to work and there's always that awkwardness like because somebody tried to win the argument, right? And now relationship is hurt. Now relationship is wounded. Now how do we relate because you just tried to do eh to me and you just won last night and whatever, right? Like we're just deeply committed to loving someone rather than trying to beat them with our argument i say that because alpha if you look at the history of our church over these last four years alpha is the place where we see the most people come to know the lord as adults hands down and even in our outreach ministries that were going on for years we were never seeing the results that we see with alpha why because alpha is designed for somebody who is seeking and trying to figure out life. Do you have three people? We talk about this. Do you have three people you're praying about? Have you invited any of them? See, we keep the mission in front of us, right? Connecting with God, connecting in. Those are the two easiest ones. The third one is always the one to go. It is. It's just always the one to go. It's the one that's causes us to take a path outside, take a step towards someone that's not like us. Back in August, uh, right before the semester was beginning, I, you know, there's this gal I've been going to for a haircut, and um, over the last year, and just trying to, trying to figure out, Lord, when is it time? Is it time? And and now it was time. I just felt like, yeah, I can, I can talk about this, so um, without that person feeling like a project, and uh, so, um, so I said, hey, you know, inviting them to Alpha, and you know, it's this thing, it's it's just kind of this, it's great, it's, it's, well, now we're online, so it's changed a little bit, but we're just talking about it, and, and she said, that is so crazy, like, I just had, you're the second person to invite me to this thing called, this thing called Alpha, and I'm like, like, really, who was the other person? And they said, oh, they invited me back in June. And I'm like, what? Like, somebody beat me to it. I was just so like, ugh. Oh. But they didn't do it then. And, and then as we talked, I said, well, hey, you just check it out. That's what it's about. I, I've got her. I've got a couple others I'm praying for. See, Jesus said this. He said, I, who, who gets light and goes up to a, the top of a hill to, to be this light and then puts a puts a basket over it? Like, I didn't give you light so that it wouldn't shine or that you would hide it. I gave you light so that it would shine so that everyone would see it. Paul talks about Philippians. He says, look, Christ has, has given you the words of life and you hold them out and they shine like the stars in the universe. Imagine this, it's like the stars in you. You got, you got the light of a, of a star in your hand. Hold it out. Have you, have you actually invited someone recently in the last year, in the last five years? It's one thing to say, oh, I'm just gonna let my life demonstrate that Yeah, at some point there's got to be an invitation there's got to be a conversation I want to encourage you to think through that and if you think if you think for a second I just realized I got my times mixed up I'll wind this down if you think for a second people aren't interested you're wrong I'm telling you right now You're not looking at culture. People are scared, people are hopeless, people are filled with fear, people are just afraid to talk, afraid to say what they believe, or they'll get canceled, or they have somebody yelling at them. I'm telling you, people are dying for a place where they can be known because it's not happening out there. We also connect with the mission regionally, globally, Uh, We did the big um, Sunday with our partnerships back in September. That's a piece of this that we're always keeping in front of us. You know, we normally were praying for different partnerships and those that were serving and are called into the world. So we're praying for our partnership and, and our bond. Really, with Ken Kutzel over in Senegal, or not Senegal, in Niger, we're playing for those who are called to the Senegalese, and we're playing for those who are called to the Germans. Like, and we got a field there, and, and we're partnering, and we send trips, and we're all about that. It's, it's the mission, it's, it's connected in all these ways. And I just want to ask you as we're, we're closing how are you doing with the mission? Are you connected? Are you living for the mission? Are you glorifying God? in the way that you're connected to him, connected in with his family, and connected out to this world. Let's pray. Lord, would you, would you bless fresh water? Would you bless us with a, a greater hunger to worship you, a greater drive to glorify you, Would you bless each of us with that? Like, give us that right now. Like, it's not even just words, but put that heart in us right now. We want you glorified. And Lord, would you send us out? We've been singing about your love this morning in those songs. Would you just let each person here know today that you love them? God, send us out with your spirit. Send us out with your peace. Amen. God bless you all. Thanks for coming. Wait for it. Wait for it. we got the ushers who are going to dismiss here towards uh, right now from the back to the front. And uh, really appreciate that. If you have, like, an offering you want to give to God, it's in those boxes there as you're going. So uh, good to see you all this morning. will see you next week.